0: meet and welcome to episode 39 of Pennies in the Well. It's been, what, a year and a half since the last time you heard from me? You know, just a little bit of time, a little bit of life, you know... Just a few things have happened. Yeah, life and well, not life ending. That, that would be tragic and horrible uh, and an entirely different conversation. No, uh, I did change my work world, though. I'm now a full time Pilates instructor working out of my home and have ditched my old job. Uh, recently been outed on Facebook. So if you look for me on Facebook, look for the abysmal witch page because Saturn no longer exists. Um, oh, yes, I'm Saturn, the abysmal witch in case you haven't heard from me for a while and have kind of forgotten who I am. I'm still me uh, with purple hair now, actually, which is pretty awesome. I do love the purple hair. A lot of changes in some ways and a lot of not changes in others. You know, really life is about changing, evolving, growing and in some ways the older I get, it's more almost about thinning things out and considering what's truly important. After finishing my schooling last fall, so you haven't heard from me, I think since long before I was done my schooling for being a Pilates instructor, 18 months, oh, 950 official hours, not including studying and all the practice and all that. So it was a bit intensive and it ate up my life and it forced me to thin things out. And so I can, I suppose, share a little bit of insight on thinning out life. Dun, dun, dun. Intro, topic number one. Thinning your life to simplify things and make things clearer and more happy for you. No, really, it actually did do wonders. I I had no options. Uh, The most important thing was, well keep working so that I had food on the table. Second most important thing was complete schooling so that I could be happy and change my world and do something that feeds my soul instead of something that just kind of slowly eked it away piece by piece day after day. So so studying was really important. And after that, you know, there's was Coven. Coven was important. And my dearest closest friends, obviously important. Family remains important. Everything after that, though, you know, and even those things were curtailed, highly curtailed, shrunk down to the size of a garden pea. And if you're old enough to catch that reference and you actually remember what that is, kudos to you. Send me an email. We will high five each other on being old and really kind of commercial nerdy. So I had to thin it out. I didn't go to events. I didn't see people. I tried to do things. Uh, I still love my life and everything in it and trying to spend time with my cats and the snakes and looking after things and remember I had moved or had I moved yet when last I talked to you I don't even know life's been that kind of crazy but there was no time for anything and then then I finished my schooling and suddenly I had all of this kind of extra time and nothing that had to go back in it, a lot of things I wanted to go back into it, but it was now a choice because I had been forced to strip down to the bare essentials of connectivity with people and hobbies and all the rest of it. It was a choice as to what I wanted to put back in and that choice became very important and as you can see, Pennies in the Well did not manage to do that well in the getting put back in yet though that's not actually the podcast fault or your fault or anyone's fault i think i was still too much in a state of change and flux and there needs to be an introspection phase before i'm ready to talk about things and this one was a biggie a lot of things to integrate before i could even begin to start talking about them so this idea of stripping down your life uh, generally very hard to do consciously, aside from the true introverts who are like, uh, if I could just do that constantly and have nothing in my life, aside from what I love to do at home, that would be awesome. Different message for you guys. And I think you know what it is, but it's still about making choices as to what is important to go into your life. And if you could build from scratch who you would see, what would you do? Where would you spend your time each day? Because time, time's all we have people. That's it. We're born. We have time. Then we die. Uh, there's stuff probably after life, but it's not going to be this life. So time is what we have. That's why realistically we trade time for money and we invest time with people and when we spend time and attention with people, that's how we feel love. So time, that's where it's at, that's it, It's what we got. How are you spending that coin, that absolutely most precious upon the planet in your life coin? Where is it going? So I started adding things back. But conscientiously and going, okay, first off, am I seeing my coven enough? Family, birth family, family of origin. Well, we've got our habits. They haven't changed in all these years. They're not going to change. That's all well and good. But the other family? Oh, yeah. A little bit more is good. A little more attention. Where do we want to go? My coven has gone through some pretty distinct changes in the past uh, year as well. You know, we, we were five, now we're three, but three with an intention to expand and to explore more with other people, but doing it, embracing the lessons of our past, uh, what we wanna keep in mind, and really taking a focused approach to it. So as we take this focused approach, I may bring that a little bit into pennies, so that uh, what we have learned Kind of the hard way uh, in a lot of cases. Every time we go through a shift in membership, we learn and we go, this was good. This other thing, not so good. So we're not going to do that again or we're going to do that differently or you know what, we're going to stick to our guns and do it the way that we intended in the first place. So you'll probably see some more of that coming along. And... Yeah, after Coven, it was, some of it was hobbies, right? Things I love to do. What am I going to get a chance to do? And oh, by the way, I have to build a business. Oh, and by the way, you know, I have to do this and I have to do that. And this summer, here I've been. So I no longer have a, you know, some man paying me to show up 9 to 5 job. No. I now get paid off of my immediate labors. I am my own boss. It's a little trippy. And let me just say summer in the Pilates world, very, very quiet. I have had more time this summer than I remember ever having in any summer ever because I usually went to school or worked or whatever during the summer. I know that technically when I was like 19, I had summer off. But you know, that's a little bit more than 20 years ago. And uh, it's odd. It is odd to be this far into adulthood and having this much time in my hands. And you know what I'm doing with it? I'm sleeping. I seem to be catching up on like two decades worth of sleep because I shortchanged myself for a long time and now I am catching up. So a lot of that available free time is slipping away into uh, sleep because it's healthy for me. Uh, And that's been one of my main goals is to be healthy. And you'd think being a Pilates instructor would do it mostly, had some downfalls, learned some stuff. Who knows, maybe that will come up in further episodes, but for now. Just, uh, fine. look at that. The train. Oh, there went the train. Lost my thoughts. But yes, I put things back in, um, piece by piece, choice by choice, and discovered this summer that, uh, things that I have not really considered just taking a lot of time, take a lot of time. I have embraced a poly lifestyle, so I connect with multiple romantic partners, um, not, at the same time necessarily well same room physical space and same literal time but i am seeing a couple people and you know what people when you care about people and you're involved with people and you're having relationships with people people take time and i like to make strong deep connections with people that's that's my preference the, the light chatty stuff I'm really good at and I will enjoy it and there are some people who I wish I could connect with so much more because I find them fascinating and I know it's not going to happen because I don't have the time and or they don't have the time, but I'm trying and I specifically that was something that I added back into my world last uh, fall, was making the effort to actually connect with people that I like, that I've never actually been able to sit down with and go, hey, hi, by the way. I've always been fascinated by you, or intrigued by you, or wanted to know more about you. And I've had that coming back from other people and it's really amazing. And even if I've seen this, you know, one person comes to mind, you know, I've seen her twice. (laughs) Since last September, it's almost a year, I've seen her twice. But you know what, that is twice that never happened in all the previous years that we've been kind of crossing paths at a particular event. So, things change. And it's a beautiful thing and adding things in deliberately is powerful as is removing things deliberately and then even making a conscious realization because for most people I'm going to tell you it's a truth, it's just actually recognizing and honoring the truth that there is no more time in our days. There is none. We, we have packed it in, used it up, it is sold already to the lowest, highest, mediocre better. It is gone. If you want to do something else, then you have to find time from something else. Something's got to go. It's kind of how my current apartment living is going because uh, this great apartment has plenty of space and I have plenty of crafts. And so the rule is if something comes in, something's got to go, which gets a little tricky. Um, so sometimes I've used my amazing Tetris foo to <laughs> make more space so that I could have a little bit more fun. That being said, that it really is... If you want something new in, you probably are going to have to say goodbye to something else. And that's a good thing. Making conscious choices about what we want to do in life is healthy. It is empowering. It is something that will transform your day-to-day sludgery to a joy. Because even if it's not something you really necessarily enjoy, if you're choosing to do it, if you're actually going, yeah, you know what? I accept it it's my priority for whatever reason whatever the reason is because you love somebody and you feel it's important to do this thing in order to support them or because you really want um, you want the muscles the muscles in the body uh, so you're gonna spend time at the gym even though you hate the gym though if you really hate doing something find a different avenue to the same conclusion It's kind of like you know all roads all spiritual roads ultimately lead to the same place well you can kind of say that about physical fitness and a couple other things too. You can get to your end in place following slightly different roads that might bring you a little bit more happiness. So anyhow, pick your happies, right? Choose what you're doing. If you don't enjoy it, choose to do different, choose to change it, choose something or even just recognize that even with what you hate, you're still choosing it, right? And, and that can feel like a burden. But it doesn't have to be a burden if you don't let it. It can go, I'm choosing it, I I get why, and I'm choosing it for now, or maybe I just don't care. Because you know what, a lot of times it's about the job, that where we spend our time during the day. And I have done that job, and it made me crazy in the end. But that's my nature, is to go crazy if I stay still for too long. And it doesn't have to be that way for everybody. In fact for a lot of people that day job that just kind of goes through and lets you you know think about this that and the other thing while you're at it is awesome. Uh, My coven mate is having a great time right now in her crazy making job because it's teaching her how to deal with people and with politics and how you maneuver from the beginning of a project to the end of a project. These are magical teachings that she's receiving in the mundane world. To assume that there is a line between the magical and the mundane is a fallacy that we're raised into because we're not supposed to see the magical everywhere and all around us. It's a lie, people. It's a lie. What we do during our hours of awakeness are important, all of them, however we choose to use them. Whether it's just a job that allows us to kind of settle into a routine and we get to relax and maybe reflect, maybe philosophize or just be kind of calm and at peace or we get revved up or we learn how to do these great skills or we're healing the world. Who knows? The thing is that any path can be workable. It's just about what works for us and we are each and every one of us is an individual. And such, we have individual needs and individual desires and individual dreams and all those individual things that will make us be just wonderfully ourselves. So, I invite you, your your magical challenge should you choose to accept it. And if I was really good, this is when I would insert the Mission Impossible music. Choose. choose your life uh, and that may sound like too much so choose one choose one thing acknowledge even a choice that you've made and gone you know what I do this thing and I love that I do this thing embrace it just one you know maybe you'd like to go swimming on Tuesday evenings and go you know what I chose to go swimming and I love this I chose to become part of this magical group and I love it I chose to have a child and I love my child even if some days I <clears throat> whatever it may be Follow that path. Follow that dream. Follow that magic. I must go. Episode 39 of Pennies in the Well is brought to you by the Hanged Man and the Rune, Kenar. So odds are that you have guessed that something has inspired me to come out of my not exactly retirement and my not exactly pod fading and my not exactly whatever the hell it has been for the last 18 months or more or less or approximately something something has inspired me what what could it be and I'm going to tell you. So <laughs> there there's been actually a fair bit uh, that's been drawing me forward. And like I said, I've been moving through a period of quiet and reflection and inner dwelling before being ready to refine my voice, to re-speak, to re-talk, um with whatever it is that I find I have to say. There is something specific though that has come up that this is the week that finally pushed me over the edge because, oh my God, there's just so many things to do. And this is the week I've done it because there is a birthday gift to my coven mate in all of this a very sneaky kind of thing going on. She is currently away and with any luck, she's not listening to podcasts and she won't actually notice when she comes back that I've done a podcast because she does miss changery out of luck. You just spoiled your own birthday gift unless you turn this off right now. All right, so that being said, she'll probably listen to this afterwards. The invitation I have for you. So what I have done, it's an invitation for you for something I have done for her, and that serves a kind of a greater purpose, uh, though also amuses me. And anything that can actually have a deep purpose and amuse me at the same time, so far as I'm concerned, total win. In fact, everything in life should have something in it that brings you intense joy, in addition to actually serving a purpose. There's no better way to live, in my opinion. What this thing is, I've set up a website I know. Shocking. How strange. A website in this day and age. How weird could I get? Well, you know, I can get pretty damn weird. In this case, the website, I will give you the name so that those of you right at your computer can go in and type it in and look it up as I'm talking to you, which kind of defeats the purpose of talking, but that's okay. Go have a look. It's manstealingcoven.com. That's right manstealingcoven.com. As in, this coven steals men, not men are stealing this coven. And that would be man singular in the title, though the rumors go it's actually been many, many over the years. See, what happened, low long time ago, in the time before my coven currently, before my previous coven, low and long ago, before any coven whatsoever in my world, I experienced my first rumors about me and uh, I would assume most people in the pagan community unless you live a nice quiet cheerful quiet uninvolved life have experienced rumors at some point because you know we're pagans we love to talk and not necessarily talk so much to the people directly we kind of like to talk about people at least that's what happens in the community around and to me a little too much the um, more than it should happen not always the best at communicating and from what I see on the lon- online world is, is a common thing and it's not just the pagan world, it is full, uh, many communities have this issue. We just as a society kind of suck sometimes at actually directly communicating. Anyhow, so years and years and years ago, uh, some stuff happened and people interpreted it that I was trying to steal away someone's man. Followed on the heels of me trying to steal away someone else's man. Apparently I had this thing for trying to steal men um, Which given my history and issues when it comes to men and sex is kind of laughable, but You know things are always about two perspectives, right? And they had their perspective. I had mine now the tricky part of course is that they never actually talked to me about it I found out that this was going on some many months later, after the fact, uh, from a friend who was living in the Dominican Republic at the time. So yes, it traveled across continent, uh, to a f- you know not not just even down into the states in a different you know country, but like through the states, past the states, down into islands in the Caribbean before making its way back to me. And it was hurtful, uh, and really in the sense that no one had actually taken the time to talk to me to find out what my viewpoint was. It was merely this, uh this decision or this assumption on their part that I wanted men and I wanted to take men from other women. Now I'm not even going to get into the whole, you can't steal somebody. Well, okay, maybe I am. I'm going to go there. You can't steal somebody from somebody else. You can encourage them to do stupid things, but ultimately they're making stupid choices. from my perspective, I was not encouraging anybody to do anything stupid. Uh, everything that I was doing was discussed. Uh, there, was, there was somebody who, um, I'm not sure if they were married or not, but definitely in a relationship. But we discussed that beforehand and had she agreed? Did she understand what was going on? Was she okay with the choices he was making you and us fooling around? Because that's appropriate. I don't don't help people cheat on their partners. That's wrong, in my opinion. I don't do that. I find that offensive. I've been asked subsequently and recently even to to do that. And no, if your partner doesn't know, then you are cheating on them. And in my opinion, that is a no-go, full stop, end of story. We are done. There is nothing to be had here. I don't care anything else about you because you are not being honest. And that does not work for me. So, this story of being accused of stealing men is actually something that's followed me for two decades, more than two decades. Actually, at this point, I don't want to think about how much more than two decades, and it keeps happening. And it started happening with my my coven and my coven mates, and suddenly we were as a coven starting to steal men, uh, which are different stories, and. You know I look at it and I can I can kind of see you know if you're in pain and you decided to look at what happened from a certain point of view, you could see it that we were trying to steal this person from this other person when in fact we were just trying to be friends and supportive of um, the second person what they were wanted to do with their life. Uh, and they were making choices, and the first person didn't like those choices, and we were in the middle. But it's really easy to blame us because we already have this reputation of being man stealers. So, for years now, and I'm talking, we've we passed the half dozen point for stories like this. I, I don't remember because I have a very convenient memory that forgets all kinds of things. How many times we have stolen a man in some fashion from somebody, but it's many. And uh, like I said, came into the whole coven, and the whole coven has been tarred with that, uh, except for the boys. The boys don't get tagged or or labeled as man-stealers uh, in the coven, which is kind of funny, but, you know, okay. So, we would joke about how, what we should do, you know, we are a man-stealing coven, yes. So, we would joke about a website for the coven, it would be manstealingcoven.com, and that would be our coven website. Well, you know what? For you, Ms. Changer, my dear sweet Holly, I have finally gotten... I I own the domain, I have set up the website, I have put up manstealingcoven.com and with a bit of a greater purpose because if, as I think it is the case, that across our communities we kind of suck at having good conversations with people about the shit that's being talked about, you know what I mean? Where something happens at an event and one person goes to another person, oh my god, Did you see X? Can you believe that they did Y? And nobody actually goes up to the organizer necessarily until much, 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 much after the fact to go, Hey, so there's this kind of thing that happened. Um, what was with that? So instead of having those conversations, we have side conversations with other people, and then those people have other side conversations with other people. And before you know it, it is one big ass fucking clusterfuck of rumor and innuendo and people really hurt by it. So the reason also for the website is to, is to promote better communication, to acknowledge the hurts that have happened through rumors. And you know what? There's always two sides to a story. Right, And I think it's actual uh, double misperception. Sometimes there's error and sometimes it's just misperception of something that happened. People don't necessarily understand that they've done something that is hurtful to somebody else. It's really easy, especially when you're just having fun and you're talking and you're joking, that you go down a wrong road with humor. I'm sure I've done it. I'm sure I've offended people even on the podcast, unintentionally, unknowingly. Because, you know, I'm a little wacky, a little silly, and I like to throw shit out there. And before you know it, woo, you know, bad shit happens. But in s- we do this, and we don't have the good conversation. So the website is to give that space for people to go, hey, this is a rumor I heard about me. My understanding of what was going on in this situation, however, is this other thing. I'm not intending it as a place to slag people. This isn't... Huh. and I'm the one who gets to post stuff, so na-na-na-na-boo-boo. Um, if you're going to have a ranting fit about how horrible someone is, I'm probably not going to post it. Oh, did I not mention the whole point of this ramble right here, besides bringing up the whole we need to have better conversations and rumors suck and we, we need to learn to actually discuss things as adults and directly with those people, uh, we is an invitation for you if you have experienced the kind of fun of being labeled somethings, you know, either per- perhaps you're completely non-inclusive in your, you know, magical workings, or maybe you're a slut, or maybe you're a men's stealer like me, or maybe you're just a crappy magician. No. Well, maybe some people just are crappy magicians. <gasps> yeah. Um, not teasing, but if you've experienced rumors and I would love for you to submit, and you can be totally anonymous about it, your experience to me and send my rumor, and I'm Canadian, so that's R-U-M-O-U-R, well, my rumor, so M-Y, R-U-M-O-U-R, at ManStealingGavin.com. Send me your story, so send me your, this is my rumor, and this is my perspective, and then tell me whether or not you want to be anonymous because, oh yeah, I'm going to post this stuff anonymously if that's what people want or with their names, if that's what people want because we deserve to be as protected or as open as we choose to be when we have these experiences. Uh, Anyway, send the information to me uh, and get it off your chest. Have that moment. Go, this was really frustrating. I got labeled this way. This was not fun. And here I am now. Da. Go figure. So that's my invitation to you. Send me rumors. Uh, you're also of course, just welcome to have a look at the site and I tell you a little bit more about the starting rumors that happened to me uh, on it cause I had to start somewhere with having rumors up on it and also really think about it. So this is, this is a deeper kind of invitation the next time, any time that you hear something going around about, Oh my God, can you believe that they did X? That they didn't allow trans people into their ritual. That they didn't perform this rite in the traditional manner, and they said they were going to, or they did blood sacrifice, or they, you know, hurt somebody when they were doing this, or this person thought that that person was not worthy to be here. Blah 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 blah. Whatever it may be, why don't we try a different tact? why don't we, (laughs) why don't we be the adults? You know what? I often say I hate being the adult. I get tired of being the adult. Well, you know what? Somebody has to be the adult and it might as the more people that take on being the adult, the less strenuous, the less agonizing, less painful it is going to be to be an adult and to go, Hey, so I heard this thing and I'm really wondering if you'd mind, you know, talking to me about it and letting me know what's going on. Just, and then, then we can be advocates for each other, right? If you know what really happened and somebody starts talking to you about the shit that they heard, blah, 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 you can go, hey, you know what? I actually talked to that person and it's a bit more complicated than that. Uh, this this is kind of the global thing. Now, this does not mean that everybody's always in the right because a lot of times we're in the wrong, but we often share our rightness and we often share our wrongs. To say that it's all one and not the other is so fucking rare, so So we need to kind of let that go, and I'm also really big on compassion, especially this week. It's so easy, so easy to rant and to rave and to yell and to blame and to say that this person is so horrible, they deserve to die. That is a big statement and online world makes it really easy to say and often. And I don't think that's right every once in a while sure but the number of times it gets used versus the number of times it should get used is astronomical right we don't what harm do we do to ourselves by looking to send out so much anger and hate and versus compassion in the world because you know what someday it's going to be us it's going to be that woman who made an ironic joke on Twitter, fell asleep on her plane. And when she woke up, her life was over because it was taken the wrong way. And suddenly she was the source of all evil, because that's how we react in this world in these days, we react strong and we react big. So let's, let's stop. Let's take a different road. Let's try actually having direct conversation with people. Instead of talking about people, let's talk to them. That is the whole point of mansnealingcoven.com. Is to talk to people rather than about them. With a secondary point of going, hey, if you've been talked about, you know what? You're not alone. And here's a chance, anonymously or not, to go, this is what happened. This is my perspective of what was going on. Because sometimes it's the, I totally get why they thought I was the bad person. But they never actually asked me where I was coming from. And if they'd known, maybe they would see that I wasn't a bad person in it. I was a misunderstood person. I may have been a young person. I may have been a stupid and foolish person, but I wasn't trying to be mean, hurtful, or do necessarily the things ascribed to me. And I bet for many other people in the world, same shit has happened. So once again, invitation, send in your rumors to my rumor spell the canadian way at manstealingcoven.com. share your woes share your share your funnies share your tales share your stories share your rumors let it off your chest and let's all have a little bit of fun releasing all of that angst into the into the ether so that we can all be free and then start having some real conversations where they're going to make some difference that oh my god does that conclude this podcast no because i'm going to sneak something else in which has also been on my list of things to do with the podcast i actually have had a list of things that i want to do i just haven't had the chance to get to them and do them so i think i'm going to sneak in a song i'm not going to finish with a song i'm going to sneak it in now uh, because in the future i do intend to do more podcasts i'm going to try and keep it down to two segments um my intention because it might help me get done faster but in this case uh i'm going to do music now so instead of the end because it's going to be three segments and the music is jimmy buffett's fruit cakes why because 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 a dear community member of ours died uh, recently and it was sad and heartbreaking and he was the most loving and joyful soul he, he always, well, okay, almost always, I've seen a frown, but so rarely. This was a man who just wanted to make everyone around him happy, and he just wanted to be happy, and happiness is the point of being, and he was the one who got things done. So James the Man, this fruitcake, it's for you.
1: The other day, she runs the space station and bake shop down near Boomtown. She told me that human beings are flawed individuals. That the cosmic bakers took us out of the oven a little too early. And that's the reason we're as crazy as we are. And I believe it. Take, for example, when you go to the movies these days. You know, they try to sell you this jumbo drink eight extra ounces of watered down in sherry coke for an extra 25 cents. I don't want it. I don't want that much organization in my life. I don't want other people thinking for me. I want my junior mints. Where do junior mints go in the movie? I don't want a 12-pound Nestle's Crunch for $25. Here. Looks like that silly rocket ship Has lost its cone-shaped hair We spent 90 billion dollars Mayor Cooper, Mayor Maxima Cooper Mea, Cooper, Mea, Cooper, Mea, Maxima Cooper Where's the church? Who took the steeple? Religions in the hands of some crazy-ass people Television preachers with bad hair and dimples The God's honest truth is it's not that simple It's the Buddhist in you It's the pagan in me It's the Muslim in him She's Catholic, ain't she? It's that barn again look It's the wasp in the Jew Tell me what's going on, I am fair share. Now cop up half the rent. I treat my body like a temple. You treat yours like a tent. But the right word at the right time. Hey, give me a little hug. That's the difference between lightning and a harmless lightning bug. Oh! cake in the kitchen. Captain's log start a 2000 and something. We're seven years from the millennium. That's the science fiction fact. Stanley Kubrick and his buddy Hal. Now don't look that abstract. So I put on my Look at their fruitcakes, like you cannot believe. New York, forget it, fruitcake city. Down Island, we got fruitcakes. Spread them crumbs around. That's right.
0: was Jimmy Buffett's Fruitcakes in honor of James the man who will be very, very sorely missed. And now, having hopefully fixed my crackle problems, very sorry about that, I wish I would say that I was going to go back and re-record, but let's face it, it's not going to happen. So hopefully I've fixed it for you, and instead I'm going to finish with a reading. A reading of a story by Alistair Crowley. Well, the first installment, it has four installments, we're only going to do part one today of The Wake World, A Tale for Babes and Sucklings. My name is Lola because I am the key of delights and the other children in my dream call me Lola Daydream. When I am awake, you see, I know that I am dreaming so that they must be very silly children, don't you think? There are people in the dream too who are quite grown up and horrid, but the really important thing is the wake up person. There is only one, for there could never be any one like him. I call him my fairy prince. He rides a horse with beautiful wings like a swan, or sometimes a strange creature like a lion or a bull, with a woman's face and breasts, and she has unfathomable eyes. My fairy prince is a dark boy, very comely. I think everyone must love him, and yet everyone is afraid. He looks through one just as if one had no clothes on in the garden of God and he had made one, and one could do nothing except in the mirror of his mind. He never laughs, or frowns, or smiles, because whatever he sees, he sees what is beyond as well, and so nothing ever happens. His mouth is redder than any roses you ever saw. I wake up quite when we kiss each other, and there is no dream any more. But when it is not trembling on mine, I see kisses on his lips, as if he were kissing someone that one could not see." Now you must know that my fairy prince is my lover, and one day he will come for good and ride away with me and marry me. I shan't tell you his name, because it is too beautiful. It is a great secret between us. When we were engaged he gave me such a beautiful ring. It was like this. First there was his shield, which had a sun on it and some roses, all in a kind of bar, and there was a terrible number written on it. There was a bank of soft roses with the sun shining on it. And above there was a red rose on a golden cross, and then there was a three-cornered star shining so bright that nobody could possibly look at it unless they had love in their eyes. And in the middle was an eye without an eyelid. That could see anything, I should think, but you see it could never go to sleep because there wasn't any eyelid. On the sides were written I-N-R-I and T-A-R-O which mean many strange and beautiful things, and terrible things, too. I should think anyone would be afraid to hurt anyone who wore that ring. It is all cut out of amethyst, and my fairy prince said, Whenever you want me, look into the ring, and call me ever so softly by my name, and kiss the ring, and worship it, and then look ever so deeply into it, and I will come to you. So I made up a pretty poem to say every time I woke up, For you see I am a very sleepy girl and dream ever so much about the other children and that is a pity because there is only one thing I love and that is my fairy prince so this is the poem I did to worship the ring part is words and part is pictures you must pick out what the pictures mean and then it all makes poetry the invocation of the ring Adonai, thou inmost fire, self-glittering image of my soul, strong lover to thy bride's desire, call me and claim me and control. I pray thee keep the holy tryst within this ring of amethyst. For on mine eyes the golden sun hath dawned my vigil slew the night. I saw the image of the one. I came from darkness into LVX. I pray thee keep the holy tryst within this ring of amethyst i n r i me crucified me slain interred arisen inspire t a r o me glorified anointed fill with frenzied fire i pray thee keep the holy tryst within this ring of amethyst i eat my flesh i drink my blood i gird my loins i journey far for thou hast shown the rose the rood, the eye of the sword the silver star i pray thee keep thy holy tryst within this ring of amethyst. Prostrate, I wait upon thy will, mine angel for this grace of union. Oh, let this sacrament distill thy conversation and communion. I pray thee, keep the holy tryst within this ring of amethyst. I have not told you anything about myself because it doesn't really matter. The only thing I want to tell you about is my fairy prince. But, as I am telling you all this, I am seventeen years old and very fair when you shut your eyes to look, but when you open them I am really dark with fair skin. I have ever such heaps of hair and big, big round eyes, always wondering at everything. Never mind, it's only a nuisance. I shall tell you what happened one day when I said the poem to the ring. I wasn't really quite awake when I began, but as I said it, it got brighter and brighter, and when I came to Ring of Amethyst the fifth time, there are five verses, because my lover's name has five B's in it. He galloped across the beautiful green sunset, spurring the winged horse, till the blood made all the sky turn rosy red. So he caught me up, and set me on his horse, and I clung to his neck as we galloped into the night. Then he told me he would take me to his palace, and show me everything, and one day, when we were married, I should be mistress of it all. Then I wanted to be married to him at once, and then I saw it couldn't be, because I was so sleepy, and had bad dreams, and one couldn't be a good wife if one is always doing that sort of thing. But he said I would be older one day, and not sleep so much, and everyone slept a little, but the great thing was not to be lazy and contented with the dreams, so I meant to fight hard. By and by we came to a beautiful green place with the strangest house you ever saw. "'Round the big meadow there lay a wonderful snake "'with steel-gray plumes, and he had his tail in his mouth "'and kept on eating it and eating it "'because there was nothing else for it to eat. "'My fairy prince said he would go on like that "'till there was nothing left at all. "'Then I said it would get smaller and smaller "'and crush the meadow and the palace, "'and I think perhaps I began to cry. "'But my fairy prince said, "'Don't be such a silly!' and I wasn't old enough to understand all that it meant, but one day I should, and all one had to do was to be as glad as glad. So he kissed me, and we got off the horse, and he took me to the door of the house, and we went in. It was frightfully dark in the passage, and I felt tied so that I couldn't move, so I promised to myself to love him, and he kissed me, it was dreadfully, dreadfully dark, though, but he said, "Not to be afraid, silly, and it's getting lighter. Now keep straight forward, darling." And then he kissed me again and said, "Welcome to my palace. I will tell you all about how it was built, because it is, because it is the most beautiful place that ever was. On the sunset side were all the baths, and the bedrooms were in front of us as we were. The baths were all of pale olive-colored marble and the bedrooms had lemon-coloured everything. Then there were the kitchens on the sunrise side, and they were russet, like dead leaves are in autumn in one's dreams. The place we had come through was perfectly black everything, and only used for offices and such things. There were the most horrid things everywhere about, black beetles and cockroaches and goodness knows what, but they can't hurt when the fairy prince is there. I think a little girl would be eaten, though, if she went in there alone. Then he said, "'Come on, this is only the servants' hall. Nearly everybody stays here all their lives.' And I said, "'Kiss me.' So he said, "'Every step you take is only possible when you say that.' We came to a dreadful dark passage again, so narrow and low that it was like a dirty old tunnel, and yet so vast and wide that everything in the whole world was contained in it. We saw all the strange dreams and awful shapes of fear, and really I don't know how we ever got through, except that the prince called for some splendid strong creatures to guard us. There was an eagle that flew and beat his wings, and tore and bit at everything that came near, and there was a lion that roared terribly, and his breath was aflame, and burnt up the things, so that there was a great cloud, and rain fell gently and purely, so that he really did the things good by fighting them. And there was a bull that tossed them on his horns so that they changed into butterflies. And there was a man that kept telling everybody to be quiet and not make a noise. So so we came at last in the next house of the palace. It was a great dome of violet, and in the center the moon shone. She was a full moon, and yet she looked like a woman, quite, quite young. Yet her hair was silver and finer than spiderwebs and it rayed about her like one can't say what. It was all too beautiful. In the middle of the hall there was a black stone pillar, from the top of which sprang a fountain of pearls, and as they fell upon the floor they changed the dark marble to the color of blood, and it was like a green universe of flowers and little children playing among them. So I said, Shall we be married in this house? And he said, No, this is only the house where the business is carried on. All the palace rests upon this house, but you are called Lola because you are the key of delights. Many people stay here all their lives, though. I made him kiss me, and we went on to another passage, which opened out of the servants' hall. This passage was all fire and flames and full of coffins. There was an angel blowing on a trumpet and people getting out of the coffins. My fairy prince said, Most people never wake up for anything less. So we went. At the same time it was, you see, in dreams people can only be in one place at a time. That's the best of being awake. We went through another passage, which was lighted by the sun. Yet there were fairies dancing in a green ring, just as if it was night. And there were two children playing by the wall, and my fairy prince and I played as we went, and he said, The difference is that we are going through. Most people play without a purpose. If you are traveling it is all right, and play makes the journey seem short. Then we came out into the third, or eighth, it depends which way you count them, because there are ten. House, and that was so splendid, you can't imagine. In the first place, it was a bright, bright bright orange color, and then it had flashes of light all over it, going so fast we couldn't see them, and then there was the sound of the sea, and one could look through into the deep, and there was the ocean raging beneath one's feet, and strong dolphins riding on it and crying aloud, holy, 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 in such an ecstasy you can't think, and rolling and playing for sheer joy. It was all lighted by a teeny weeny shy little planet sparkling and silvery and now and then a wave of fiery chariots filled with eager spearmen blazed through the sky and my fairy prince said isn't it all fine but i knew he didn't really mean it so i said kiss me and he kissed me and we went on he said good little girl of mine there's many a one stays there all his life I forgot to say that the whole place was just one mass of books and people reading them till they were so silly they didn't know what they were doing and there were cheats and doctors and thieves i was really very glad to go away there were three ways into the seventh house and the first was such a funny way we walked through a pool each on the arm of a great big beetle and then we found ourselves on a winding path there were nasty jackals about they made such a noise and at the end i could see two towers then there was the queerest moon you ever saw only a quarter full the shadows fell so strangely one could see the mysterious shapes like great bats with women's faces and blood dripping from their mouths and creatures partly wolves and partly men everything changing one into the other and we saw shadows like old, old, ugly women creeping about on sticks, and all of a sudden they would fly up into the air, shrieking the funniest kind of songs, and then suddenly one would come down, flop, and you saw she was really quite young and ever so lovely, and she would have nothing on, and as you looked at her she would crumble away like a biscuit. And then there was another passage which was really too secret for anything. All I should tell you is there was the most beautiful goddess that ever was, and she was washing herself in a river of dew. If you ask what she is doing, she says, I'm making thunderbolts. It was only starlight, and yet one could see quite clearly, so don't think I'm making a mistake. The third path is a most terrible passage. It's all a great war, and there's earthquakes and chariots of fire and all the castles breaking to pieces. I was glad when we came to the Green Palace. It was all built of malachite and emerald, and there was the loveliest, gentlest living, and I was married to my fairy prince there, and we had the most delicious honeymoon, and I had a beautiful baby, and then I remembered myself, but only just in time, and said, Kiss me! And he kissed me and said, My goodness, but that was such a near thing that time, my little girl nearly went to sleep. Most people who reach the seventh house stay there all their lives, I can tell you. It did seem a shame to go on. There was such a flashing green star to light it, and all the air was filled with amber-colored flames like kisses. And we could see through the floor and there were terrible lions, like furnaces for fury, and they all roared out holy 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 and leaped and danced for joy and when i saw myself in the mirrors the dome was one mass of beautiful green mirrors i saw how serious i looked and that i had to go on i hoped the fairy prince would look serious too because it is a most dreadful business going between the seventh house But he only looked the same as ever but oh how i kissed him and how i clung to him or I think I should never, never have had the courage to go up those dreadful passages, especially knowing what was at the end of them. And now I'm only a little girl, and I'm ever so tired of writing. But I'll tell you all about the rest another time. And that concludes part one of The Wake World, a story for babes and sucklings. And she'll continue at another time, as shall this podcast. For now, though, I simply bid you a wonderful night. Blessings of the deep and wild be with you. Blessed be.